The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Tron Nielsen's joining us with Smart Yield out of Kearney. And before we dive into the markets, we were talking a little bit of weather. And, and Troy, both you and I got the, the dustings of the snow, but there's a lot of producers that are spending today digging out and maybe not paying as much attention to the markets as they usually would. So it's our chance to do a little education on today's trade. But um, obviously, an April snowstorm caught many by surprise. Not used to it in the month yeah. of April. Yeah, actually, you're right. Um, and, and a lot of these guys with the, the baby calves on the ground, that's where it's really critical. And that and that's, uh, we're here in Kearney, and so we've had a little bit of snow here in Kearney. But if you move north of here, up into north central and northwest Nebraska, they really got hit hard. There's guys without power up in that area yet at their homes. And then um, there's a lot of baby calves on the ground, that, and they were hustling a couple days before the storm to get them in a little bit more secured spot. But um, uh, it was a tough one with a really high wind, so I think it was really tough on them. Let's look first off at this corn market. It did finish lower. It traded lower in the overnight trade and just kind of kept that momentum. A quiet trade, though. Is there, I know we don't talk a lot of wheat with you, but, I mean, is the wheat causing some spillover pressure for this corn? Yeah, I think there sure is. I think there's there's a little bit of spillover pressure uh, out of that wheat market uh, into the corn. And uh, if you look at the wheat, um, the wheat was down today um, on, on July. Sh- uh, Chicago down about almost 10 cents, 17 and a half lower on the close on, on July, Kansas City. And, and some of that's due to the, the moisture. And that's that downtrend really, or that down move really started last week in that wheat market. Uh, and a lot of it was the anticipated moisture coming in. And so uh, I think that just perpetuated a little bit today into a pretty good sell-off in the wheat market. That momentum really carries over into the corn market more directly than anything. And we did see that again today, too. Um, corn market uh, was, was, was grinding lower last week. Um, it topped out on December of 4, 16 and a half last week. And uh, by Friday, we closed at 4, 10 and 3 quarters. So we ground, uh, came off that high by a slow grinding 6 cents. And then, boom, today we hit down to 4.07 on the close, just a half cent lower than that. So uh, my opinion is I think we're seeing some corrective action in what is an overall uptrend in this corn market at this time. You know, you look at this court, and there's been a lot of market outside influences that happened weekend last week. The president commenting and tweeting that, yeah, I'd be okay with E15 year-round. Markets even paying attention to that, especially when we look at the ethanol numbers? Yeah, yeah I think absolutely they're paying a lot of attention, but I, I don't see anything getting done there or, or anything other than a little bit of chatter out there right now so that hasn't really penetrated the markets at this time but they're definitely paying attention to see if some of that comes to fruition of course if it does that could have a huge impact in this corn market um but but there's there's a lot to get through probably in dc before that would uh, come to fruition in my opinion weekly export inspections on the corn considered to be fairly good yeah uh, as far as corn exports are concerned um you know, not not too bad on the exports, um, but I, I also compared to you know where are we at a year from a year ago, and what kind of inventories are we holding? And so sometimes the export number looks really good, but at the same time, 
you know, our carry-in that we had into this year, I think that has to be always taken into account with are your exports up or down for the week, and they look good, but we've got a lot of grain to move through yet. And I think here in the next week or 10 days, we should see a lot of that old crop corn um, getting put into the market, cash markets. Uh, exports should continue strong. And the other big factor there that's going to continue carrying that, I hope, is uh, with strong exports, is uh, the U.S. dollar. Um, last November into February dropped dramatically and hasn't recovered much. It's been pretty much in a sideways choppy trend, uh, down again today, of course. And so I think that dollar is going to continue to support strong export demand as, as long as we uh, um, don't recover off that dollar. I think uh, we've got the cheapest corn in the world. What about for soybeans? I mean, we saw a light day for them. Again, it was lower in the overnight, definitely continued lower during the day trade today. South America, um, they're looking at another great progress when it comes to the harvest in Brazil. So is that going to weigh in on our export possibilities? Yeah, I think it will. Um, you know, last week we we had the Brazilian you know soybean premium surge, and uh, you know the largest U.S. soybean export sales total for the week um, of, of April ever. You know, but then also you look at Argentina. Um, you know, they secured two hundred forty thousand tons of new crop supplies. That's the first U.S. purchase since we since nineteen I believe ninety seven or ninety eight. Um, you know, so the Brazilian premiums have cooled down just a little bit since we've seen some of that business come to the U.S. So not all of it is um, uh, the, the weather in South America right now. Some of it is how are they competing up with us um, with, with the actual commodity. And the U.S. is competing right now. Exports, how, how are the numbers? I, mean, I read earlier that they were kind of on the soft and much slower side here in the U.S., yeah, um, the exports were just a little off. Um, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have that number right in front of me just this minute, but the exports were off just a little bit last week on soybeans. Um, we did see the managed money. Uh, those traders also came in last week and reduced their long position on soybeans by almost 5,000 contracts. I think that's a pretty significant um, uh uh, situation there in soybeans when they're reducing their contracts. They're down to about 176,000 contracts at, at the end of the week. Um, you know, then they increase uh, their their net length in the meal at the same time. So um, you've got some movement going on there with what the funds are wanting to own and willing to own at this time. That probably has just as much to do with that soybean futures um uh, momentum right now is anything. Well, stick around, folks. We've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As Troy Nielsen joins us with Smart Yield located outside of Kearney, Nebraska. And, you know, this time of year, it's kind of nice to be out driving around and smell the work of fresh dirt. Um, because you know guys are out there planting. But obviously, Mother Nature's had a second choice on this one. Especially when you look, Troy, to, to southern Minnesota, to the Dakotas, even even big parts of Nebraska and Iowa. Planting just isn't getting going. Guys have got some time right now to do some marketing. Think about it. Because you mentioned to me, once they get in the fields, marketing is going to be on the back of the burner for them. Yeah, you're right. Um, that, that that happens every year. It just seems like this year, um, 
um, with the planting delay potentially, it's going to be a little bit different feel to it because, like you said, um, you have to wait till the ground temperature certain area to you know to uh, go ahead and plant the corn and soybeans. And here in Nebraska, we're you know we think we're going to have some delays and very well could. Uh, but you get up into that upper Midwest, um, you get into Minneapolis and that area in the Dakotas. And they, you know, they had a foot and a half, two foot of snow. They've had sleet and ice. Their overnight lows are seasonably very cold. Um, matter of fact, here in central Nebraska, the first half of April this year was the coldest first half of April recorded. So I think we can definitely have some planting delays. Now, of course, um, in the last several years with, with technology advancing, um, it, the planting window doesn't have to be quite as long. Guys can really get that, um, get the corn and beans in the ground quick, but still they have to have an opportunity to start. Uh, once they get started, it's going to roll quick in my opinion. Um, but those planting delays could very well come in to, and be a big factor here in the next two to three weeks if this continues. Um, at the same time, when you look at the seasonal tendencies that we have in the market, um, there's a very strong seasonal tendency in this corn market to see a pullback down or a corrective action, if you will, um, here uh, towards the middle to about the third week in April. We're almost right on top of it. But from there, you usually see uh, a pretty good push up in this market. So being down a few, uh, you know, eight or nine cents right now off last week's highs don't concern us near as much right now because because of the time of year that we're in and the seasonal tendency that it looks like that we're following pretty well. So uh, with that in mind, I think the seasonally, um, you know, it does add a bullish flavor to it when you talk about some planting delays and exports are pretty good. Uh, some of the cheapest corn in the world. Um, but it's also a very seasonal move that we could see uh, after this period of time as well. So looking at the marketing plans and, and things you want them to keep in the kind of in the front of their brain, what are some specific mm-hmm. areas that you really want them to, to think about so it doesn't get missed? So come June, July, they're looking at this crop going, gosh, I wish I would have, but didn't. You are exactly right. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. We don't want to have to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And so in our opinion, it's really simple. You want to get a marketing plan written and have a written marketing plan and have your sales targets, um, very realistic sales targets. And uh, once you, you know, set that plan, then go ahead and set that plan into action. Call your elevator, call your grain buyer and talk to them about how to get those targets set and actually place orders. So when you're in the field um, this spring and the markets hopefully get rolling in the direction we want them to, that you're going to go ahead and establish some cash contracts and, or however you want to establish your, your floors under those um, commodities and uh, get things established. So when you're rolling into harvest this next year, or this year um, uh, you don't have as many open bushels and you've got some nice uh, profits locked up but our opinion is you got to start with a written plan then enact that plan and get those orders placed looking at the livestock side of the trade we're going to switch gears a little bit the cattle they tried to do some rallying in the trade yes yes on the cattle um you know last week we had a, a pretty good up move in, in, the, in the i'm talking june live cattle we got as low in the prior week at 97 dollars um, and that was a tremendous sell-off that was not expected in the month of April as far as that deep. Um, 
We got down to 97. Today, uh, we topped out today at 105.95. So it was a pretty darn good um, move up off that low. And, uh, you know, where it goes from here, it's... It, um, no one knows, but I will say seasonally, I'll jump back to the seasonal tendencies again. Um, cattle have a tendency to put in a low, you know, whether it's a five-year, 10, 15 years, um, around that third week of April as well, around April 21st, 22nd. Um, I guess that's closer to the end of this week. And then typically have a tendency to rally from that point through the middle of May. All right. Sounds good. Best way, Troy, for folks to get a hold of either you or Eric there at Smart Yield. On our website, which is mysmartyield.com, or call us directly here on the landline at 308-234-6805. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network, brought to you by Fontenelle and your local Fontenelle dealer. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.